Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. If you would grab your Bibles and turn with me to um, turn with me to the book of Judges, chapter 8. The book of Judges, chapter 8. We're going to read verses 22 through 27. The book of Judges, chapter 8. Verses 22 through 27. Beginning in verse 22, in the New Living Translation, it says this, Then the Israelites said to Gideon, Be our ruler. You and your son and your grandson will be our rulers, for you have rescued us from Midian. But Gideon replied, I will not rule over you, nor will my son. The Lord will rule over you. However, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from the plunder you collected from your fallen enemies. The enemies, being Ishmaelites, all wore gold earrings. Gladly, the people replied. So they spread out a cloak. Each one threw in a gold earring he had gathered from the plunder. The weight of the gold earrings was 43 pounds, not including the royal ornaments and the pendants, the purple clothing worn by the kings of Midian, or the chains around the necks of their camels. They had blinged out camels, y'all. Gideon made a sacred ephod from the gold and put it, on, uh, put it in Ophrah, his hometown. But soon all the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping it, and it became a trap for Gideon and his family. Father, as I preach this morning, would you sanctify my motives? Would you clarify my thoughts? And would you glorify your name today through your word and in your power? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, listen, this may seem like a really strange scripture to preach and to read during this crisis, but if you'll give me just a minute, I think I'll be able to help you see the significance and the application of, of this scripture to our current circumstance. In the old days, the priests would wear garments called ephods. Uh, these garments set them apart from everybody else in the nation of Israel. They indicated that they were members of the priesthood. They were go-betweens for the nation. If you needed to hear from God regarding any matter, you would go to the priest, and the priest would go to and then hear from God on your behalf. Now, after Gideon famously delivered the people of Israel uh, and defeated the enemy of Midian with his 300 men, the people of that day were determined to set him up as king so that he could rule and protect them. Gideon just flat refused uh, to, to rule them on the grounds that God had already established himself as the ruler of the nation of Israel. Gideon did, however, make one request. He asked that the people would give him offerings so that he could craft a, a golden ephod. 
See, the priesthood in those days was scattered. The nation was in shambles. And as the book of Judges says over and over again, the people did whatever seemed right to them. So Gideon, in good faith, received this offering. He said, I won't be your king, but I will lead you and I will judge and protect you. But if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to have to have a way to hear from God on your behalf. So let's create this golden ephod that I will use to connect you to God. God will decide. God will judge. God will advise, and I will tell you what he says. And that's what they did. Here's the problem. Instead of coming and worshiping God through the ephod, the people of Israel began to worship the ephod itself. In other words, what Gideon had created to connect people to God was now keeping people from God. And the Bible says it became a trap for him and for his family. Now, how did that happen? It happened because people connected with how they worshiped without ever connecting to who they worshiped. They connected to the religion at the expense of the relationship. You say, well, John, that's, you know, that's kind of moderately interesting, but what does that have to do with this current situation? How does that apply to us in this crisis? Well, here's how it applies, and here is how it connects. This Sunday morning, all over the country, all over the world, people are having a very different Sunday morning church experience than they would have had a month or two months ago. But we have a choice to make. We can either gripe and complain and shake our heads and whine about how it's not like it used to be, or we can embrace what we can do, we can, we, what we get to do, and enjoy what God is doing right now in this moment. You see, the, 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 these times are going to reveal whether you're more in love with how you worship than who you worship. If it's a religion for you, then you can't imagine how we can be expected to worship God without coming to a church building and, and, and like a and have our Sunday morning service as usual. But and you can't wait until we can get back together and 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 go back to normal so we can really worship God the way we're supposed to. But if you have a relationship with God, with a God. God who is everywhere at all times, then worshiping him can't be limited to a geographical location like a church building. It can't be limited to an order of service or to a comfortable routine. When you worship the God of heaven, you can do that anywhere and anytime. You see, our church services were created to connect us to God. But I'm afraid that God is revealing that some people have elevated the Sunday morning worship service to the point that it's now keeping them from God. We have, we have created a religion out of our routines of worship. You see, I refuse to waste another minute of time complaining about what we can't do or waiting until we can get back together and to the old way of doing things. I believe God is doing a brand new thing. He is moving in this hour in ways that we may never have allowed him to do in the past. He has brought the church world to a screeching halt and we have a choice to make. We can be so in love with how it used to be 
that we sit down and we wait for it to return, or we can stand up like a mighty army and move forward in worship, move forward in the word, forward in witnessing, forward in love, forward in serving, forward in peace, forward in connecting with God in a way that far surpasses anything that we've ever experienced. I will not settle for the ephod when God is calling us to himself. And so the question is, can we set aside religion to go deeper in relationship? I'm here this morning to declare that I am losing my religion. I'm losing my religion. I will pray and I will seek God to find new ways to do the work of the Lord. God didn't live in the ephod. And guess what? Jesus don't live in this church. We are, we are going to keep losing generation after generation if we believe that the move and the mission of God can be contained to a particular model of ministry. I'm inviting you this morning to lose your religion and dive deep into relationship with Jesus. So how do we lose our religion and move forward in relationship with the Lord? Well, here's the first way, forward in worship. We have to move forward in worship. See, religion would have you believe that if you show up at church and you sit or stand through the music, then you've worshiped. Or even in this current situation, if you turn on the live stream or on the YouTube video and, and you got through it without falling asleep, without falling asleep, then, then you've worshiped. That's simply not the case. And guess what? It never was. Relationship with Jesus demands that we worship him attentively passionately, authentically, in spirit and in truth, Jesus said, no matter where we are. When we're at church, when we sing songs, we, we can sing songs, but do we actually worship? See, we can spend five minutes alone with God and accomplish more authentic worship sometimes than in a 25-minute set of songs that we mostly ignore. And it may have taken a pandemic to reveal that to people. Because listen, it's not about how we worship, it's about who we worship. It's not just about what we do, it's about why we do it. It doesn't matter where we worship, it only matters that we worship. And you don't get credit just for showing up. Listen, two churches, two people can be doing the exact same things at the exact same time in the exact same way, but for two completely different reasons. And the result of that is that one of them can be a sweet aroma of worship before the throne of God, and the other can be a nauseating and repulsive, uh, and repulsive odor to him. In one scripture, in 2 Chronicles, they were worshiping and offering sacrifices to God, and his spirit was so strong on that place that the priests couldn't even stand up to carry out uh, what it is God had called them to do. But in another scripture, in Malachi, God said, you, you can keep your animals, you can keep your offerings, you can keep your sacrifices. He actually said, I wish the priest would close the door to the temple. 
In Isaiah, God said, your lips are saying the right things, but your hearts are far from me. In 1 Samuel, God said, I desire obedience rather than sacrifice. John, what are you saying? I'm saying that coming to church is not enough. Going through the motions of church is not enough, whether we're in this house or in your house. Let's lose our religion and focus on the relationship, whether we're having a church service or not. You see, sometimes it might feel like in this quarantine that you're losing your mind during this time. I am finding it's usually because I haven't spent enough time in the presence of God in worship. Don't neglect worship just because we're not at church. Crank up the worship music, put in your earbuds, or take a quiet walk. Whatever, whatever helps you get yourself focused on the greatness and the goodness of God and connected with his presence through worship. Don't neglect that. And let me take that a step, let me take this a step further. Worship is warfare. It's warfare. It doesn't just quiet your mind. It, it, it's warfare. Look at the Old Testament and see what happened when the worshipers went out before the armies of Israel. Battles were fought and won by the heavenly forces. And guess what? They still are. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities and powers. And one of the biggest weapons of our warfare is worship. It's time we stop making worship part of our religion and make it part of our everyday relationship with God. Listen, if your kids are acting crazy, if there's strife in your house, if you're struggling with a spirit of fear or depression or, wor or worry, you need to turn the, mu the worship music up. Man, let it saturate your soul and let it permeate the atmosphere in your house. I'm telling you, something is about to change in the church world. I believe this pandemic is going to cause a split in the church world. If we will stop locking worship up for Sundays and make it a part of our experience with God, if we'll get personal in our relationship with God, if we'll lose the religion and loose the worship, then I believe we're going to see a move of God unlike anything we've ever seen. But then there'll also be an element of the American church, the culture Christianity that'll go right back to the way it's always been. I think that's a mistake. It's time for us to lose our religion and focus on our relationship by going forward in worship. Now, how about you? Are you ready to lose your religion as well? Now, how else do we move forward? We move forward in worship. We move forward in the word. We move forward in the word. Listen, maybe this is a test. Maybe this is a test not to see how I can adjust the ministry that I do to the current restrictions, not to see how well I can do preaching to a mostly empty house, not, not to see how well I'm doing, but maybe it's a test to see how well I've already done at preparing you to do the work of the ministry, at preparing you to have a real relationship with Jesus. See, if we grow and expand during this time, if the work of the ministry continues to move forward, if it gets multiplied in your family and into our community, then we've succeeded. 
But if everybody is just waiting for us to be able to come have church again, waiting to go visit their golden ephod, waiting until they can come and watch me and the team perform ministry for them, then I failed as your pastor. We will have accepted religion and abandoned relationship. Let me show it to you in the word in Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians four, verses 11 through 13. Paul said, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. You've heard of the gifts of the spirit. These are the gifts of Jesus. He gave the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. That's called the five-fold ministry. What is it we're supposed to be doing? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we have come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard in Christ. Now see, too many times we leave church inspired We leave church instructed. We know things, but that's not enough. I'm supposed to be equipping you for the work of the ministry, not soothing you, sending you, not informing you, empowering you, not just ministering to you, but modeling for you. I have to be laying a biblical foundation, showing you how to do it, and then sending you out to do it. Ministry is not a function of a church service. It's a function of the body of Christ. And that's me and it's you. Anybody who names the name of Jesus is called to full-time ministry. The way we move forward in the word during this time is not by hearing more. It's by doing more. We don't need to sermonize and memorize. We need to activate and demonstrate. We know enough. We just need to do more of what we know. You see, I believe the churches that thrive during this time and after this time are are, going to be the churches who are full of people who have possessed the word of God and taken it personally who have stopped seeing it as a Sunday morning religious exercise and started applying it to their everyday existence. That passage from Ephesians just told us the reason we're not mature as American Christians, the reason we're not measuring up to the full standard of Christ is that we've turned church into a spectator sport where the fans of Jesus come and watch the professional believers perform. No, no more. God has shut this country down and I hope we can hear him crying no more. It's time to lose the religion and loose the word to operate in your life, not just in your church. So lose your religion. How do we do that? By moving forward in worship, by moving forward in the word. And then here's the last way we do it, by by moving forward in witness, moving forward in our witness. Let me read you Acts chapter one and verse eight. Acts one and eight, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my what? Witnesses. Doing what? Telling people about me 
in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you go to our website and you read our statements of faith, or if you've attended our services, or if you've been watching online for long enough, then I hope you will find that we believe in the fullness of the Spirit. We believe in the freedom of the Spirit. We believe in the fruit of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. But listen, we also believe that a person who is full of the Spirit should be full of the Spirit everywhere and at all times. Jesus gave us his power. He just said that. I'm giving you my power. Why? To be my witnesses. Not so we can put on a show at the church. The Holy Spirit is not just for the church house. He is for the White House and the State House and for your house. He gives us power to minister deliverance at the trap house and to deliver and to, and to minister freedom in the house of prostitution. We act like his spirit is for dying in only. But Jesus always intended that the spirit was to be taken to go, to go into all the world, to go and preach the gospel, to go and make disciples, to go and be witnesses. His gifts and his fruit are not for us to consume among ourselves. We need people in the marketplace with the gift of leadership. We need people in the government operating in the gift of wisdom. We need people in law enforcement who can discern spirits. We need people in the medical field with the gifts of healings. And read 1 Corinthians 12, it's plural, gifts of healings. There are different kinds. We need lots of people right now operating in the gifts of hospitality and mercy. See, we've quarantined God to the church and we can't wait to get back to church so we can pick up where we left off. But that's not the case. I say we better check our integrity. We better check our hearts. If you suddenly, as the Facebook memes say, if you suddenly catch the spirit at church, but you don't seem to be able to catch him on Tuesday morning or on Thursday night, then whatever you catching might be a spirit, but it ain't a holy one. If you want to speak in tongues at church, at the church house, but you never pray in the spirit at your house, in your prayer closet, if you shout amen and seem to eagerly soak up the pastor's message in God's house, but you you never crack open the cover of the Bible at your house, then maybe it's time for us to check ourselves. Gifts of the Spirit are not a religious exercise, and they should not be quarantined to the church. Relationship demands that the gifts and the fruit and the power of the Holy Spirit be an authentic part of our personal relationship with Jesus. And if they aren't, then you need to spend some time searching your heart and repenting. Yes, this pandemic has created problems that we have never seen, but it's also created opportunities that we've never had. This world is dying for somebody who can lead, somebody who can minister grace and peace in the midst of chaos. They don't, they don't need weird and wild. They need real. 
They don't need you to stand on the preach corner, on the street corner and preach at them through the window. They need you up close and personal witnessing to them from a life that's walking in a way that they can't seem to find for themselves. There are people who are open to the gospel today that were not open a month ago. Now is the time to witness, not wait for the church to meet again so you can invite them. Now is the time for us to lose our religion and loose the Holy Spirit to make us genuine, humble witnesses of the love of Jesus. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I love corporate worship. Ain't nobody loves to go to church more than this church boy right here. I've been in church since nine months before I was born. I love church, okay? But there is something, there is something powerful that happens when we get together and, and, and it's important and it can't be neglected. But listen, our, our time together in corporate worship on Sundays should be preparing us for a life of ministry but I'm afraid we've gotten it backwards. I'm afraid we think our lives are about preparing us for Sunday services. And then we just go back to our normal Monday through Saturday routine. And that's how we've gotten into this mess that we're in now. In prayerless, faithless, powerless churches that have little to no impact on the communities and the cultures in which they exist. We've started worshiping the ephod. The thing that's supposed to connect us to God, unfortunately, has become a substitute for God. And it's time for that to change. So my prayer this morning, and I want to invite you to pray with me, is God help us. God purify us. God, use your word to separate bone and marrow, to separate action from motive, to separate method from message, to separate religion from relationship. God, help us lose our religion so that when this, these restrictions are over and we can once again come together, that the result will not be a return to business as usual, but a spiritual volcanic eruption of the presence and the power of God to change the lives of people in this community and around the world. My prayer, my prayer is not God in this so we can get back together as in business as usual, but God don't ever let us go back to what we were. Raise up a church in power. Raise up a church that walks it and talks it every day and not just on Sunday. God, help us lose our religion and lose our relationship with Jesus. Listen, a real spirit-empowered church in relationship with Jesus, reaching out to a lost world. That's the vision, Lord. That's the vision. And God, help us be faithful to what you've called us to. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? Father, we've heard your word today. And God, in all of the ways that we have created a golden ephod out of our Sunday morning services, God, and for all of the ways that we have mis mistaken the model for the message, forgive us. 
God, we repent. I repent, God, as a pastor for all the ways that I've put you in a box and decided that this was how you should move and this is how you should speak and this is how you should connect. God, help me to lose my religion and lead from a place of life and not a place of death. To lead from from a place of moving forward and not, Lord, I want to be rooted and grounded in our our history and in our past, but I don't want to be limited by it. God, I pray that you would help us as a church never to go back to the way it was. That when we can get together, we're not just going to be excited about it for the first week and then go back to normal. God, help us never to go back to okay. Never to go back to just enough. Never to go back to Sunday morning religion only. God, help us to lose that religion and develop a real personal relationship with you. That God, if we will learn to worship on our own, that when we come together corporately, our worship will be that much more powerful. We'll actually create an atmosphere that we will lift you up and you can draw all men and women to yourself. That's what your word says. God, if we'll spend time in the word on our own, that when we get together, our spirits will connect with the word that's being delivered and that word will go out in power and received in our hearts with gladness. God, if we will learn to be a witness, to move forward in witness, not just the words that we say, but in how we live our lives, Lord, help us to be bold. Help us, God, to be true and humble and have honest relationships with people about our very present help in times of trouble, about a God who tells us to be still so that we can know him. Father, I pray that as a church, not just covenant life, not just the churches of West Georgia, but God, the churches around the world, God, I pray that you would, that you would help us. You're ready to send. Help us to receive revival. Help us to be prepared for revival, for renewal, for a fresh awakening of your spirit and your power. God, I pray that you would redeem this time for your honor and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, thank you for joining us today. If you have a need, if there's something we can pray with you about, please go to our website. There's a form that you can that you can fill out online that will email us. You can contact us through phone. You can contact us through email. You can contact us by text. However it is that you need to get in touch with us, please do. Stay connected. Uh, please make sure that you are that you are receiving the emails from the church. We sent out a couple this week. If you are not on that list, then email us at the church, and we will make sure we put you on the list. But uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay encouraged, and God bless you. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770 537 
770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.